Welcome to Betrayal Trauma Recovery, BTR.org. I'm Anne. I'm sure you remember what it was like when you were searching for help, maybe for your husband, hoping to find the right program or therapist. That's why I started podcasting. I supported my husband through seven years of pornography addiction recovery, and not one therapist during that time told me I was experiencing emotional and psychological abuse and sexual coercion. I didn't want any other woman on the planet to be in the dark. If you're like me, one simple anonymous way to help spread the word is to click follow or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. While you're there, every five-star rating also makes this podcast more visible and will help save other women from getting the wrong kind of help, like a couple program that'll make this type of abuse worse. If you've already purchased a copy of my book, Trauma Mama Husband Drama, please circle back and give it a five-star rating. A lot of women are searching for books about betrayal trauma, and Rating Trauma Mama will help them find this podcast, which is free to everyone. If you're like the majority of my listeners, you're experiencing the type of abuse that's invisible and difficult to wrap your head around. Your husband is using porn or having affairs or lying to you, and you're getting the same bad advice about how to improve communication or your relationship. If you need real support, check out our daily group session schedule at btr.org. We'd love to see you in a session today. I'm excited to have my friend Kimberly Perry here again. We've had her on the show before. She is the author of Say No and Tell, Training Grownups in Boundaries and Personal Safety for Kids. She's also the author of two other books called Say No and Tell, which I use in my home frequently. In fact, just yesterday morning, my five-year-old son pulled it off the bookshelf and said, Mom, let's read this again. And we read through all eight scenarios. My kids love the books. So welcome, Kimberly. Thank you. And that really warms my heart to hear that. And that is a real important concept to not only read the book, but then revisit the concepts. And especially when it's child-led, that's very inspiring to me. We love your books. So thank you. So tell me about your new book. So this is a training workbook intended for clergy or children's teachers. This training workbook is designed for any grown-ups that are working with children within organizations. However, as you just stated, I've been finding that many parents have been buying the book, train themselves personally as well. It can be for youth pastors to train their children's ministry volunteers. You could go and train your karate club and all the staff members that are working there or a soccer club. Any staff members or grown-ups that are working with kids with an organization will benefit from this training workbook. However, Section 2, which I'll get into later, specifically goes into how to teach boundaries and personal safety within the home to build that foundation. Why did you decide to write a training workbook? Pastor Doug and Pastor Robbie at Crossroads Church asked me to present a boundaries and personal safety workshop for their volunteers working with kids in the children's church. To back up a little further, over the past several years, my home church, we've been working to add support services to help people recover from the harms of pornography. This is sort of the bigger picture. To roll that out, I did a couple presentations about the harms of pornography last winter. I did one presentation for a group of women and then one presentation for parents of teenagers about the harms of porn. So our church has really been implementing this into the very DNA and fabric of our church. And then at one of our monthly meetings, we realized, what are we doing for the kids? What are we doing to prevent? What are we doing to get in front of? What are we doing to help this next generation? So that's when I decided to take what I had written in the Say No and Tell books, read aloud children's books for children, and turn it into a workshop 
to train the grownups working with kids and how to implement that within the organization to make it safer as an environment. The positive feedback was very supportive and people were asking for more. And that's what helped me think about turning this into a book. There was a man that came up to me afterward, and this is what he said about the training. He says, this is the first time in 35 years of regular church attendance that I've ever been exposed to this. I've always felt this was institutional denial, and it is almost universal. I learned that there are good, well-developed materials available to combat this problem. And if you go on my website, you can see plenty of more positive testimonials. So was he saying that abuse is institutional? I think what he was referring to is we look at culture and society and we see the hashtag MeToo movement and we see all this recovery and intervention and healing going on. We hear about Penn State University. We hear about Michigan State University and the gymnasts with Larry Nassar. It's not only sometimes personal denial Mm -hmm. and family system denial, but it can actually also be institutional denial. And he has seen that as a concern over the years, even though it's a sensitive topic. He was delighted that we were beginning the conversation. We didn't say this at the beginning of the podcast, but Kimberly's books are about how to protect children from sexual abuse and other kinds of abuse, both in terms of the harms of pornography, someone exposing them to pornography, or also abusing them emotionally or sexually or physically. So I really appreciate the work that you do, Kimberly. How do you teach parents how to teach personal safety? Well, the most important part is to learn the child-friendly language of what to say and what not to say, how to empower kids with those specific tools. My background is I was a teacher for 15 years, and I've taught in both public and private schools in California, Michigan, and North Carolina. I've taught preschool to fifth grade. I have a bachelor's in kinesiology and a master's of arts in teaching. So when I was teaching health and physical education in Michigan, I ended up teaching boundaries and personal safety to over a 1,000 elementary students, and I was wondering why I had never been taught these prevention strategies when I was young. And I wondered to myself, especially because of the alarming statistics, I was wondering how can it be that at least two out of every 10 girls and one out of every 10 boys are estimated to be sexually abused by before their 14th birthday. And that's found at the Child Molestation Prevention Institute.org. Also, every eight minutes, Child Protective Services responds to a sexual abuse report, according to the RAIN organization. And according to the CDC, one in six boys and one in four girls are sexually abused before the age of 18. I realize that we need to empower children with self-care skills and people safety tools, which is critical for their safety and well-being. More specifically, as a health educator, the way we define personal safety is it means prevention of child sexual abuse. And the way that you do that is learning boundaries as well as child-friendly language. Kids can learn to say no to unsafe touches and situations by protecting themselves with boundaries to prevent or stop sexual abuse. Kimberly, in your opinion, why do you think boundaries have not been taught directly? We teach boundaries with drug stuff, like just say no. Why do you think boundaries has not been taught across the board in relation to abuse? It is a very sensitive topic. What I like to tell parents is that the kids and the grown-ups and the organizations that learn about boundaries and personal safety can be safer. Otherwise, everyone is vulnerable. 
even though there is great discomfort and pain by taking the time to learn about preventing child sexual abuse, it does not compare to the pain of finding out that something has happened and it's too late. Plus, then there's the pain in years of recovering and healing from the trauma that affects the child, the family, and the community. So it takes a lot of bravery to get in front of the problem. I know for me, as I'm researching it and when I'm sharing the books with people, I cannot tell you how many people have shared with me their personal stories. People up in their 70s years old, all the way down to their 20s and 30s, sharing with me their personal stories of child sexual abuse that they've never told anyone before. Mm-hmm. The impact is great. The more we can make it safe for people to talk about, then we can also begin to move into the prevention phase. Kimberly, you urge grown-ups working with kids to learn how to implement boundaries and personal safety in their organization. Will you talk about how you do that? I'm going to give you the big picture and then I'll break it down into the actual training workbooks. The name of my website is called We Stand Guard. We want to make the term personal safety commonplace or a familiar term on two fronts, both inside the home and outside the home. So I've created three Say No and Tell books that are a part of the We Stand Guard Boundaries and Personal Safety training program. As you mentioned earlier, for inside the home, there's the two Say No and Tell children's books, Maisie the Monarch for Girls and Daxton the Dolphin for Boys, which are read aloud for kindergarten through third grade. And these two children's books offer explicit instruction for the grown-ups and the children through a story, scenarios, and solutions. And the key is to use child-friendly language. This new launch of the training workbook is for training outside the home. This is something where anyone can present this boundaries and personal safety workshop and take the preventative steps to safeguard against child sexual abuse by empowering everyone in your organization. This training workbook is also a customizable toolkit for both the presenter and the participant. The key is to begin the conversation in your organization. In section one in the training workbook, it's about raising awareness of child sexual abuse and the need for boundaries and personal safety. So there's statistics in there. I have been highlighted in blue bold of possible child-friendly words that you can use outside the home within the organization. However, the leader and the director of that organization would need to help determine what the common language is throughout the organization. Section two equips the grown-ups and children in boundaries and personal safety for kids with a three-phased approach. So this is actually kind of the parent workbook section where I break down how do I teach boundaries and personal safety. You begin with teaching general health safety concepts like swim safety, fire safety. And then you secondly, you introduce a little more unique safety concepts like internet safety and people safety. And then you build upon that in the third step would be introducing the concept of personal safety, which is boundaries and keeping your body safe. And then section three of the training workbook is opening doors for intervention. And this is specific to the organization of what steps do they need to do to take a look at, for instance, you want to do an environmental scan where you go through and rope off the vulnerable places within the environment. You want to come up with a code of conduct for interacting with children, and this could be tailored for infants, toddlers, elementary age, teenager, high school age, and that way everyone understands what the protocols are, for instance, when a third grader needs to take a bathroom break. What needs to happen and what does that look like? And those codes of conduct can be posted everywhere throughout the organization, so 
any staff members, volunteers, as well as the children and the parents all understand, and it's all in the light of what's supposed to be happening. At my church, they have a policy that two adults need to be in the room with children at all times. Everybody knows that. And so it makes it really easy if there's just one adult in the room with some kids that it's like, uh, something's not right here, right? We need another adult. Let's get the other adult in here. That at the very least, you're talking about policies for organizations like this to protect children. Yes. It's important for everyone to understand what those are so that everyone's on the same page. We want to set people up to be successful. However, if people step outside of those boundaries then there's also a safe community where you can tap someone on the shoulder and say, I'm not sure if you knew about this, but this is how we do things so that everyone's being set up to be safe and successful. Awesome. I would like a copy of this so that I can share it with my church for our children's organization. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. Yeah, that would be great because I love using it in my home. And my kids love it. And I love that they love it. I love that they want to take the books off the shelves and they bring them to me and want me to read them. They love the pictures. They love the examples. I would love to have my church and my elementary school or other adults who interact with children all the time be aware of this program. It's a real positive way to get in front of the problem. We can start empowering the next generation so that we have more stories that would belong in the hashtag me Too prevention. One of my latest testimonies was of a mom of a 16 year old. One of the slogans she learned is that telling is not tattling. And so there was a social media incident that came up. She was able to explain to her daughter, please let me know what's going on. And she said, telling is not tattling. And they were able to intervene within this questionable social media interaction. And there was another mom who read the Say No and Tell book, a mother of a sixth grader, and it's a similar situation where she took in the content and then made it her own for a daughter who's a little older. They were at the pool swimming, and there was a man kind of staring uncomfortably at their daughter. The daughter had the bravery to finally go up to her parents and say, I'm feeling very uncomfortable. He's staring at me. She was so uncomfortable. She was trying to hide behind her parents while they were leaving the pool, and they discussed it more in the car. The dad tried to go back to to investigate. It was really neat because they had that bridge of communication where she could recognize that uh uh-oh feeling and that instinct inside of her saying, there's something not right here. I love the jingle. Will you repeat the jingle for me? And I love keep telling until it stops. When I was thinking and praying about this jingle, I really wanted it to be short and sweet and rhyme, but also be something that packed a punch and wasn't leaving anything out. The way it's read is remember to say no and get away if you can. Tell someone and keep telling until it stops. Take a stand. The telling someone and keep telling until it stops is critical because children seldom tell. I think it's around 40 something percent, according to Darkness to Light organization, around 40 something percent of kids will tell. And of that 40%, many will tell a friend, which basically goes unreported. Not only are we instilling in children that it's okay and it's safe to tell mom what's happening or a questionable encounter or something that's going on, but if that first person doesn't believe you or the second or the third person, then you've got to keep telling until the right person believes you and will help and make it stop. Applying it to my own situation where I was in an abusive relationship for seven years and I 
talk to people about it. I kept talking about it. And I didn't know at the time that it was abuse. I didn't describe it that way because I didn't have the words to say that at the time. I called it his anger problem or I'm confused or this weird thing happened until I finally was able to figure out what was going on. And that was just simply thanks to my ex-husband being arrested. Because of his arrest, I was finally able to get the clarity I needed. I was so happy to see that in that jingle, keep telling until it stops, because that is what I did. And I think it kept me a lot safer than if I would not have said anything. When kids start telling, they might not have the words to describe it either. They might not be able to come to you and say, I'm being sexually abused, right? They might not have those words. But if they can just continue to try to tell someone and do the best they can, eventually things will be figured out. I really pray that for all victims of abuse, that they can continue to try and talk about it to the best of their ability until they have the words for it or until a helper gives them the right words that they need. That example you gave is powerful because it does parallel exactly what we're talking about. I was at the Coalition to End Sexual Exploitation in Washington, D.C., and one of the speakers shared a quote that I thought was very interesting. When it comes to trafficking and child abuse, whether it's a boy or a girl that's a child or a man and a woman, it's the same person. It's just a different stage of life. Abuse is abuse. No matter at what point in time that we're learning it, it's a powerful tool because at that point, we can actually begin to change the trajectory of our life. And up until then, like you said, we just don't know. Kids don't know what's happening. They're not understanding what's going on. They're not sure of how to say it or who to tell. And you probably understand about when abuse happens, the lies, the isolation, there's threats, and there's different things that keep us trapped. The more we can have these conversations and train and empower and bring it into the light, we can help ourselves, but also the next generation. The first thing I'd say to our listeners is tell and keep telling until it stops. Take a stand. Number one, set boundaries in your own life. Then you'll be way more able to help your children. And these books really, really help. Thank you so much, Kimberly, for coming on the podcast today. I wanted to thank the listeners. The ways that you could purchase a Say No and Tell book is at the new website, westandguard.com. And you can purchase the books through the website via Amazon. You can also find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn via We Stand Guard. You might be interested to know that I've started a new blog series about real life anonymous stories of survivors, and I'm debunking myths around child sexual abuse. So if you go to my website, we stand guard. You can sign up for the free personal safety family plan by sharing your email and you will get the monthly to bi-monthly newsletter that includes an introduction to that blog about the real life stories because I want to start a movement called hashtag me Too prevention. Awesome. If this podcast was helpful to you, please help us reach other women by pushing that follow or subscribe button and giving us a five-star rating. Thank you for helping get the word out. Your donations keep this podcast going. Go to our website, btr.org, scroll to the bottom, click on support the BTR podcast. And until next week, stay safe out there.